3: Everybody should listen to Muni Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things.
4: Hey, everybody. We are hanging out at
5: Spark. Thank you.
6: Carnaval. Ooh, ooh, about we about brotherhood and sisterhood. Stop, wake up, this is the beat. It's the leaf. behind
7: Be where well, trouble melts like lemon drops. High above the chimney top, that's where.
4: Sagt mir, wo die Gräber sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Gräber sind, Blumen blühen im Sommerwind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je verstehen? Und sagt mir, wo. sind sie geblieben, sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, was ist geschehen, sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, Mädchen flüchten sie geschwind, wann wird man je bestehen, wann wird man je
6: Mutineers, it's the Labor and Love Show, and it's on Mutiny Radio. We're here at 2781 21st Street, corner, actually, of 21st and Florida, in the Meadow Meadow, the heart of the Mish. Mutiny Radio is a community arts center, sponsoring and hosting shows, radio shows like this, 40 different ones. Every week, comedy events, drama, video, plastic art. It's all here at Mutiny Radio. And it's all here at 2781 21st Street. So today it's Memorial Day. We're all about peace, it's Carnaval all about the beauty of the world and the be here now and the flesh the beauty of it all <clears throat> it's also labor history month the tail end so we're going to hear the last two chapters of fred glass's labor history of california golden lands working hands what else we've got we got radio labor We've got more on the North Carolina teachers who are on the verge of a strike. The Supreme Court passes a new arbitration law that forces workers to give up their rights. And we're going to talk about the roots of Memorial Day in a celebration in Charleston, South Carolina. In 1865, following the Civil War. We opened up with uh, Mary Blige, Mary Blige singing her anthem. Be happy, all I wanna do is be happy. How can I love somebody else if I can't love myself enough to know when it's time, time to go. And then Joan Baez asking her eternal question, the eternal question of that song, when will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Wars are about workers killing other workers, about people of one part of the world who work hating people from another part of the world who work, actually going out to kill them, for the sake of a general, a flag, a president, whatever it is. Labor Day. And before that, we had Izzy Kamakawiwule singing Wonderful World slash Over the Rainbow. That was a request. From Sylvia Ramirez, my better half. Um, What do we got today? Well, first of all, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. Second, if you don't have a seat at the table, At the negotiating table, where you work, you're probably on the menu. In fact, you are on the menu. And finally, never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Good morning, it's a May 26th. I'm over here in the Mission, it's a little overcast, but everybody's gearing up for Carnaval. San Francisco's celebration of the dance and of cultures from all over all parts of the world expressed in dance. Come on down, you won't be able to park, but come on down anyway. Take BART, walk over. Carnival will continue tomorrow with a street fair. Signs all over the streets here, you know, you can't park here tomorrow. So come on down and swell the crowd. It's a great day and a great time to celebrate the beauty of humanity, of the human body as expressed in dance. Okay, I want to start out with uh, radio labor, labor events from around the world. And uh, when we count the, ra- the labor events from around the world and the labor events that have already taken place, we'll celebrate some labor history today, some history of, of resistance, uh, strike in Vichy, France During World War II, food strikes. When the existing social order doesn't deliver food to you, what do you do? Do you sit and starve? Hopefully not. Okay, radio labor. And then we'll get on with labor history, labor studies.
2: This Labor is updates. Solidarity News on Radio Labour.
8: This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, May 25th, 2018. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, hundreds of unionists are headed to Geneva for the annual conference of the UN's International Labour Organization. The first trades union congress in the world celebrates its 150th anniversary. How unions are fighting climate change in small island states. The Labour Start report about union events around the world and singing Union Nurse. I'm sticking to the union. This is Radio Labour. Unionists from around the world will be meeting at the UN's Labour Organization conference in Geneva next week. Marie Ainsborough has a report.
9: The annual conference of the International Labour Organization will start next Monday, May 28th. The ILO is the UN's specialized agency focused on matters of work in the world. The two-week conference will address a number of issues, including equal pay for women, how to fight harassment in the workplace, and regulating working time. Almost 6,000 people are expected to attend the conference. The ILO is managed as a tripartite organization with representatives from governments, employer groups, and labor unions. It is strongly supported by the international labor movement. One of the main responsibilities of the ILO is to prepare international labour standards called conventions, which can be adopted by the organization's 187 members. A convention of particular interest to the labour movement is aimed at reducing violence at the workplace, especially gender-based violence. It will be discussed at this year's conference. Chidi King is the Director of the Equality Department at the International Trade Union Confederation. In a Radio Labour interview, she spoke about the importance of a convention on violence at the workplace.
10: I think one of the most important things that an international labor standard could do is signal very clearly that violence and harassment are simply not part of the job. Many workers, particularly women workers, um, given their often subordinate positions in the workplace, experience Forms of violence and gender-based violence um, almost on a daily basis, but are either too afraid to speak up, um, whether it's fearing retaliation, including the loss of their job, or just feeling that nothing much will be done about it. And I think we saw quite a little bit of this phenomenon, or quite a lot of this phenomenon, in the social media outpouring that came along with um, hashtag Me Too, etc. So, sending this strong message that gender-based violence or violence and harassment as simply unacceptable and not part of the job is one thing. Then it would also place clear responsibilities on governments, employers and trade unions, um, on the need to act to end violence and harassment. And again, especially gender-based violence and harassment um, in the world of work. Um, It would raise awareness about this issue, but it would more importantly assist the actors in the world of work to put in place the necessary measures to prevent, address, and redress violence and harassment in the world of work.
9: The ILO conference runs from May 28th to June 8th. I'm Seemarie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. This year is
8: the 150th anniversary of the world's first Trades Union Congress, the British TUC. Today, because of the example set by the workers who came together in Manchester in 1868, almost every country in the world has a national labor central, such as the Congress of South African Trade Unions, COSATU. The event is being commemorated by the finding and telling of 150 stories for 150 years. the unionist who has been searching for stories about the origins of the labour movement in the UK is Frances O'Grady. Ms O'Grady is the TUC's general secretary. She is the first woman to hold the position. I asked her about her study into the origins of the labour movement in the UK.
11: I have been looking back at the history and it's quite moving really about just the courage that people had and the sacrifice that they made and You know, maybe we need uh, a bit more courage too. But when you look at those original demands for an eight-hour day, for free education, working class people in Parliament, still pretty relevant. We need to remember that this was sowing the seeds, the TUC Congress was sowing the seeds for this new wave of trade unionism that we then begin to see emerge in the 1880s and 1890s of... Mass trade unionism, for the first time, unions springing up or opening their doors to women, to young people, to the unskilled. These incredible strikes led by teenage girls, the match women their right to have a voice at work as well as real health and safety concerns and resentments about pay. And then on to the Dockers and their fight for the Tanner, which became a big public campaign and maybe we're in one of those times again when we need to call on our friends and allies way beyond our own ranks because the forces against us are great, but the more people we have backing us, the more we can fight back. So, There are so many lessons, I think.
8: Do you see parallels between the struggles of those working men and women of 150 years ago and the struggles of today?
11: I think we may have different names for the struggles that people face, but the zero hours, the insecurity at work, the low pay, the inequality would be all too familiar to the pioneers of the TUC. Back then, We had mass migration, in that case, from the countryside to cities. We had a a massive pay squeeze following financial liberalisation and the collapse of the largest joint stock bank and huge public protests. And that was when those trade union leaders got together and said, we need union unity. We need to come together under the banner of the TUC.
8: Perhaps the countries most endangered by climate change are small island states. The difficulties for these countries are exacerbated because of their small geographical area, isolation, and exposure. They suffer effects such as rising sea levels, altered rain patterns, and storm surges. Because these factors can have significant effects on employment, labor unions are often at the forefront of climate change responses. To find out how how small island states are coping with climate change. I talked to Tony Moore. Ms. Moore is the General Secretary of the Barbados Workers Union. Barbados is part of the Caribbean region of small islands. I asked Ms. Moore how her country, Barbados, and the rest of the Caribbean are confronting climate change.
2: Certainly, building the resilience of small and vulnerable states to deal with the effects of climate change is a priority for Barbados and our neighboring countries because it has to be a part priority for our country. Barbados and other countries in the region are very susceptible because what we have been experiencing over time is increases in, in the sea level, the rising sea level. Of course, we are exposed to increases in storm surge levels and with climate change we have also been experiencing changes changes in our rainfall patterns so climate change has its importance to us is of a high priority to us because a number of our countries depend on tourism and those countries that aren't heavily dependent on tourism are heavily dependent on agriculture. And as you would imagine, the erosion of our coast and the changes in the rainfall patterns and the severe weather events, all of these can combine or even individually offset our tourism products and offset our agricultural base. So we have been particularly concerned what can we do, what can be done even if we can't do it to make sure we can offset these rapid negative occurrences so that they don't trigger bigger problems for us.
8: Here with his report about union events around the world is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder.
12: Here's a small sample of the average of 200 news stories added to our site each day last week. Our top stories section included links to coverage of the release of union leaders from prisons in Kazakhstan and South Korea and a campaign to get one out of an Iranian jail, the ongoing strikes against neoliberal labor policies in France, and from Italy, news of the first ever agreement between a union and Amazon. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Public sanitation workers in India maintained their walkout for a second week. Ukrainian transport workers mounted sit-ins at 10 workplaces across the country to protest eroding rail safety. The planned privatization of an arms manufacturing factory led to a protest walkout by Serbian workers. In Argentina, the arrest of 16 workers in an effort to stop a planned strike resulted in an immediate walkout shutting down the capital subway system. Kenyan university staff ended their wage dispute. A coal miner strike continued in Bangladesh as the workers rejected a wage offer. Restaurant workers in the United Kingdom struck over changes to the way tips are distributed. Software designers in South Korea held a three-day warning strike to press their demand for a wage increase. A wage strike at an American Space Launch Service ended in a victory for the Union this week. A solid waste workers' strike has garbage piling up across the Indian state of Haryana. And in Ghana, taxi drivers blocked roads to protest a lack of repairs to the country's highways. Our top working women's stories included coverage of the efforts by Canadian tradeswomen to win more jobs for women on large publicly funded construction projects, the widespread abuse suffered by domestic workers in Lebanon, many of them migrant workers from Ethiopia, and the union-led coalition in the United States that is challenging McDonald's over widespread sexual harassment in the workplace. The Health and Safety Newswire, we run in cooperation with Hazards Magazine, carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the Indian sewer worker who died while trying to rescue two of his co-workers, the record number of assaults on Australian paramedics this year, and a study of the long-term health effects on the remaining workers after cuts to the civil service in Canada. Currently, Labor Start is running two online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Okay, hey, we admit
8: it. As was gently pointed out by one of our listeners, we missed International Nurses Day, May 12th. So, as slight compensation, here's Union Nurse by Ben Grosscup.
13: There once was a union nurse who saw things had gotten worse. She noticed lots of work shift slots left blank by the boss who held the purse with only half a crew. He said, You'll bear the work of two standards fell. She had to tell that boss just what she'd do. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union till the day I die. This union nurse was wise to the company's rotten lies The takeaways, co-pays, and ways that Bay State tries to downsize Nurses give their all, but they can't always be on call So when the strike vote came around, she boldly stood her ground Oh, you can't scare me, I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union I'm sticking to the union Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union till the day I die. They offer lousy deals and they're digging in their heels. When will there be a weekend free for friends and family? Oh, you can't scare me. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union. Oh, yeah. Scare me, I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union till the day I die. Now, nurses, if you're blue, you know just what to do. There's a union crew that works for you, the MNA will see it through. A nurse's work is hard, but if you show your union card, though bosses cut staff to the bone, you will not walk alone. Oh, you can't scare me, I'm sticking to the union. I'm sticking to the union, I'm sticking to the union, oh you can't scare me, I'm sticking to the union, I'm sticking to the union, till the day I die.
8: And that's it, international labor news you can use. I'm Mark Belanger, thank you for listening, and remember,
6: it's all about global solidarity. Okay, that was our labor report from from, uh, Radio Labor. And as they point out every week, ladies and gentlemen, fellow workers, there are dozens of labor actions going on all over the world at any given moment. There are victories every day in the worldwide labor movement. <clears throat> Meanwhile, here in the United States, the Supreme Court arbitration ruling. Okay, let's read let's read from this. This is in these times. And the headline is Stop calling an arbitration agreement. Employers are forcing workers to give up their rights trump appointee justice neil gorsuch begins his decision for the majority in epic system versus lewis a landmark arbitration case decided monday at the supreme court with a simple set of questions should employees and employers be allowed to agree that any disputes between them will be resolved through one-on-one arbitration? Or should employees always be permitted to bring their claims in class or collective actions, no matter what they agreed with their employers? So the Supreme Court has ruled on the side of arbitration, ushering in a future where almost all non-union private sector workers Nearly 94% of the private sector workforce will be barred from joining together to litigate most workplace issues, including wage theft, sexual harassment, and discrimination. The decision incorrectly holds that because the Federal Arbitration Act requires courts to treat arbitration agreements on equal footing with other contracts, the National Labor Relations Act, which explicitly protects workers who engage in concerted activity for mutual aid or benefit, does not protect workers' rights to litigate claims at work. The entire decision is premised upon a massive fiction that these arbitration agreements, wherein the worker loses all access to court to bring in a collective action with their fellow workers, are the result of an agreement between the workers and the employer in reality arbitration agreements are mandatory rules imposed unilaterally by the employer not two-sided agreements and on april 2nd 2014. On April 2nd, 2014, Jacob Lewis, who was a technical writer for Epic Systems, received an email from his employer titled Mutual Arbitration Agreement Regarding Wages and Hours. So the worker had two choices, immediately quit or accept the agreement this is a mandatory rule so an employer can say to you as, as you're being hired here you have to sign this arbitration agreement and if you say no you can be fired when Lewis tried to take epic systems to court for misclassifying him and his fellow workers as independent contractors and depriving them of overtime pay He realized that by opening the email and continuing to work, he waived his right to bring a collective action or go to court. It is estimated that approximately 60 million Americans have already been forced to sign such individual arbitration agreements. They completely papered over the forced nature of these agreements. Okay, so bad news. Stop calling an arbitration agreement. It's not an arbitration agreement. It'll also make it harder for women to sue their employers for sexual harassment and to organize together to do that. Okay time to fight on the untold story of Memorial Day. Now, when you research this, you get all these arguments which where was Memorial Day first celebrated? Who established Memorial Day as a holiday? Who did it first? Well that's not what this is about. This is about a very early celebration of Memorial Day in one place, in Charleston, South Carolina. Union General John Logan is often credited with founding Memorial Day. Commander-in-chief of a Union veterans organization, Logan issued a decree establishing what was named Decoration Day. The story of the holiday has been nearly erased from public memory and most official accounts, including that by the one that's offered by by the Department of Veterans Affairs during the spring of 1865. African-Americans in Charleston, South Carolina, most of them former slaves, held a series of memorials and rituals to honor unnamed fallen Union soldiers and boldly celebrate the struggle against safety. One of the largest such events took place on May 1st of that year. That has been
14: largely forgotten. Up till now.
6: During the final year of the war, the Confederates had converted the city's Washington race course and jockey club into an outdoor prison. Union captives were kept in horrible conditions in the interior of the track. At least 257 died of disease and were hastily buried in a mass grave beyond, behind the grandstand. After Confederate evacuation of Charleston, black workmen went to the site, reburied the Union dead properly, and built a high fence around the, cer- the cemetery. They whitewashed the fence and built an archway over an entrance on which they inscribed the words, Martyrs of the race course.
14: And
6: then stage a parade of 10,000 around the track African American, freed slaves, African Americans, free African Americans, teachers, white missionaries. As one New York Times correspondent said, Nothing like this had ever been seen before in the nation. The procession was led by 3,000 black school children carrying armloads of roses and singing the union marching song, John Brown's Body. Several hundred black women followed with baskets of flowers, wreaths, and crosses. Then came black men marching in cadence, followed by contingents of Union infantry men. Within the ceremony and closure, a black children's choir sang, Rally Round the Flag, the Star's Bangle Banner, and Spirituals. After the dedication and the parade, they did what many of us do on Memorial Day, Enjoyed picnics, listened to speeches, and watched soldiers drill. Among the full brigade of Union infantrymen participating were the famous 54th Massachusetts and 34th and 104th Union United States Colored Troops who performed a special double-column march around the gravesite. The story seems to have been actively suppressed. Um. So, World War II veteran Howard Zinn argued in 1976 that the holiday has become an uncritical celebration of war making. Memorial Day should be a day of planting flowers on graves and planting trees. Also for destroying the weapons of death that endanger us more than they protect us. Waste our resources and threaten our children and grandchildren. Okay. So a piece of real American history that has been actively suppressed the, after the uh, white planters took over again the uh, racetrack's name was changed to hampton after uh, general wade hampton a south carolinian who was a major cavalry leader for the confederacy all right let's see Let's see, listen to Mary Blige, Daily Blab, Working Class History. How about a little bit? okay how about the sparks of rebellion this is socialist worker and about teachers in North Carolina inspired by the teacher strikes and protests in West Virginia Arizona Oklahoma and Kentucky North Carolina teachers from around the state decided to stage a walkout on May 16th to fight for public education what was originally called The North Carolina Association of Educators, as the union's yearly day of advocacy on the opening day of the state legislature, turned into the largest mobilization of teachers in the state's history. On the morning of May 15th, 30,000 educators, public school workers, and supporters poured into downtown Raleigh and marched to the General Assembly. calling for the resources they need to do their jobs, funding for public schools, and dignity at work. It was easy to feel frustrated.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: When, one participant said, when legislators talked to concerned teachers for no, than, no more than 15 minutes, and signed a pledge card easily broken about meeting their demands, Many legislators didn't even appear. So, we'll keep our eye on that. Um, Teachers, nurses, the people who do the work that support us all are rising up because they're the ones who are feeling it. This is what, in the long run, the harder things get, the more people join the labor movement. They might not be doctrinaire people, they might not exactly understand or care to understand what all the talk about is about, but they know that in their lives they're up against it, and the only thing they can do is rise up. Oh, by the way, the incidental music. Let's let's give you a little bit more of that. Uh, 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 uh.
14: Electronic music. Tu es noir de pied à la tête comme moi. Alors comment as-tu pu mettre au monde un enfant blanc et qui soit de moi?
6: Okay. okay. Let's get on to some music. We're about peace today, as I said. So how about a traveling soldier?
15: He was waiting for the bus in his army green sat down in a booth Cafe there gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair He's a little shy so she gave him a smile And he said would you mind sitting down for a while and talking to me I'm feeling a little low She said I'm off in an hour and I know where we can go We
16: El clima. Soy una fábrica de humo Mano de obra campesina para tu consumo Frente de frío en el medio del verano El amor en los tiempos del cólera Mi hermano El sol que nace y el día que muere Con los mejores atardeceres Soy el desarrollo en carne viva Un discurso político sin saliva Las caras más bonitas que he conocido Soy la fotografía de un desaparecido La sangre dentro de tus venas Soy un pedazo de tierra que vale la pena Una canasta con frijoles Soy Maradona contra Inglaterra, anotándote dos goles. Soy lo que sostiene mi bandera, la espina dorsal del planeta en mis cordilleras. Soy lo que me enseñó mi padre, el que no quiere a su patria no quiere a su madre. Soy América Latina, un pueblo sin pierna pero que camina, oye. Tú
0: no puedes comer.
6: Calle um, 13, Latino band. No puedes comprar mi vida. You can't buy my life. They repeat over and over in that one. No puedes comprar la lluvia. You can't buy the rain. Referring, of course, to the campaign. There's a film called Hasta la Lluvia. Even the rain. About a... Bolivian town where a big company uh, based in San Francisco, by the way, uh, bought the water rights to in this town in Bolivia. And it was immediately illegal. It was illegal to collect rainwater. No puedes comprar la lluvia. You can't buy the rain. And this is the big Flaw, the huge flaw in the market economy game. That beautiful game they tell you how everything's going to work out as a system. But then you find yourself in some insane place. You follow the logic and the law and you end up in an insane place. For example, the insane place, Mario Woods, the cops who shot Mario Woods, were just exonerated The DA decided not to pick up the case. And in this case, people were buying the rain. They were saying you couldn't collect rainwater because the company had to make a profit. Okay, Um, let's get on with our history now. This is the history by Fred Glass of the labor movement in California and we're up to part nine this is
17: you are about to know the thrill of seeing that which has never been seen before you're about to end pardon me i want to do part 10.
6: How about a menu? Okay, let's listen to uh, Francois, baby. They believe we are wild, men. They believe we are
14: wild. Just because we don't use any money and we drink no coffee cola. But if you could See how they live, a shame, a shame. Then you discover how savage they are, so much wilder than we. There are people in town, man. We are people in town. Eating bread and butter and honey and drinking black coffee cola Money is what they like, most money is what they like And people who have plenty of money belong to high society if you could go and see how they live, then you'll discover how savage they are, so much wilder than we. They keep dreaming of war and hate and crime everywhere. That is to get the money they need to buy coffee cola They keep dreaming of war, they hate and crime everywhere That is the way they can find the money they need to buy Coffee Cola
6: Okay.
17: Retail clerks on strike. His act of solidarity kickstarts a bigger one the Oakland General Strike. Within days, more than 100,000 workers in the streets support the clerk's demand for union recognition. But that was then. In the early 80s, the Professional Air Traffic Controllers Organization, or PATCO, goes on strike, protesting stressful working conditions in the nation's airports. I'll sacrifice my job, I'll put it on the line, because it has to be now. If it isn't now, it will never be, and they'll stomp on us forever. United States President Ronald Reagan, a former Hollywood Actors Union leader, declares the strike illegal. He permanently replaces 10,000 strikers. They are in violation of the law, and if they do not report for work within 48 hours, they have forfeited their jobs and will be terminated. Other unions stand by and watch while PATCO goes down. The
15: afl CIO can be criticized for their lack of activity and militancy to give the proper support to the air traffic controllers. That was a terrible setback for the labor movement, I believe.
17: The PATCO disaster tells anti-union business leaders two things. They have a friend in the White House and the fabric of human solidarity that built the labor movement has grown threadbare and weak. The lack of solidarity reflects deepening divisions between working people. Proposition 13, passed by California voters in 1978, pits homeowners, many of them working people, against public sector workers and the poor. Proposition 13 gives tax relief to the homeowners and small businesses, but also to large corporations. The tax burden is shifted from the top down. Income to state and local government is severely reduced.
15: And the effects were terrible. Uh, library funds were cut, public education funds were cut, public hospitals uh, thereafter, many of them went out of business, the county hospitals. The public workers were really affected.
7: I keep cutting public education even though we in the nation.
17: It seems the poorest workers have been abandoned by those who think of themselves as middle class. How did the labor movement lose burn. its message of solidarity? Largely due to union power, for a time much of the working class achieved the American dream.
3: During the 50s and the early 60s, uh, maybe 70% of the garment factories in the US were unionized. Uh, that was the time when Doris Day was a garment worker in the pajama game. When you with the with and the second
1: doesn't understand that you
5: constitution is
3: During those times, garment workers made as much as steel workers.
18: How much did steel workers make? For me, having that job there in the plant, it enabled me to buy my home here. It enabled me to buy a car for myself, a car for my wife. We took vacations, we accumulated little things together, worked hard, and it was just the American dream. If you worked in a steel plant, you go to the store to fill the application out to buy anything, they say, where do you work? You say, Bethlehem Steel or Jones & Lochner Steel. Oh, you can get this here, no problem, you know, because you know you were safe. You had a lifetime job.
17: But how that prosperity was created through struggle and sacrifice faded over time from collective memory and history is unforgiving to those who forget its lessons. Beginning in the 1970s, government policies erode the traditional strength of organized labor by allowing millions of well-paying, unionized manufacturing jobs to be sent out of the country by corporations.
3: There are laws that say that you can't threaten to close a plant down in order to avoid union organizing. But there are really no laws that say that you can't close a plant.
18: They say, yeah, we're closing down. You come back to work Tuesday and work three days and that's it. I say, what?
19: I didn't feel too good about it because I was only 58 and I wasn't ready to retire. But still, it was devastating. I think most of us didn't believe it when they told us they were going to close down. It was hard to imagine that a place that had been our our bread and butter for so many years, it would all of a sudden close down.
17: As corporations move offshore, working people lose twice. Well paying jobs are gone and so are the taxes to support public services like schools, health care and mass transit.
20: Labor delegates representing 16 million workers gather in New York for the history-making merger of the American Federation of Labor and the Congress of Industrial Organizations.
17: When the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations merged in 1955 to form the AFL-CIO, its unions contained over a third of the country's workforce. But by the 1990s, after years of union busting, plant closings, and labor's own failure to organize, unions represent less than
5: 15%.
17: As the voice of organized workers becomes weaker, the gap between America's rich and poor deteriorates to the worst in 70 years. Many urban centers come to resemble a third world economic culture with high unemployment, crime, and heavy drug use. After virtually disappearing for decades, mass homelessness returns. South Central Los Angeles is one place where corporate decisions to close unionized plants hit the community hard. Tens of thousands of well-paying jobs held by generations of workers in auto factories, tire plants, and steel mills nearby are blown away.
18: And then when they shut down, these guys had no other means of employment because they said, I can't go out here to, uh, to Chrysler or Ford or GM to look for a job because they're closed down also.
19: I don't see where people work around there. They, they work in the stores. They work in, uh, in, in uh, Taco Bells or stuff like that, fast food chains, but they don't make up much money.
18: I don't know how they can live and they used to make a nice check to bring home, and they have to lose all this here because they can't have what they used to have 10 years ago. You know, so it it was devastating to a lot of guys. A lot of guys became alcoholics.
17: The Steelworkers' Union Hall becomes a food bank. Here, as elsewhere, unions have traditionally functioned as a collective voice for workers. In the 1950s, South Central auto workers, steel workers, laborers, and garment workers with the help of their unions picketed peacefully against the racist hiring practices of employers on Florence Avenue. But in 1992, with industrial jobs gone and the unions with them, part of the Los Angeles working class finds a different voice. The trial of four white policemen who severely beat an unemployed black man, Rodney King, ends in a verdict of not guilty. This sparks a violent protest against racial injustice. With the economy bottoming out, many looters go for items such as food, diapers, and other necessities. Let's review. The 50s. Good jobs, unions, racism addressed by peaceful picketing on Florence Avenue. The 90s lousy jobs, no unions, racism addressed by burning down Florence Avenue. Members of different ethnic groups blame one another for the tragic episode. Few observers take the view that decent jobs available for all might have prevented the riots or that such a goal is achievable.
21: What we've seen emerge is, in the place of permanent, full-time, benefited jobs, is a series of short-term, non-benefit, temporary, almost disposable jobs. And What we've got to figure out as a labor movement is how is it that we create, in the growth of this temporary, contingent employment situation, how do we create permanence and stability for people?
17: For California workers, especially immigrants, employment choices can be grim.
12: This apartment complex housed a garment factory just outside Los Angeles that was allegedly a prison for dozens of Thai immigrants who were held in virtual slavery behind barbed wires for years.
3: My definition of a sweatshop is a place where the workers are not paid very well, where they work in unsafe and unhealthy conditions, where the hours are long and they're not uh, fairly compensated for those hours and where people are not happy. Uh, people don't think that they're uh, working in a decent work environment.
17: But you don't have to work in a sweatshop to be underpaid.
19: My two boys are working in, uh, one is working in a service station, the other one is working in a, in a warehouse. Oh, <laughs> it's laughable. They make, uh, one is supposed to be uh, in charge of the service station and he makes $7.50 an hour. And the other one I think makes about $8 an hour, and supposedly he's a foreman or a sub-foreman or something. $8 an hour.
17: You don't have to work in a sweatshop to have no health benefits.
9: I had my daughter sick, okay? My daughter was hospital for one month. I didn't have insurance, okay? That's something to general hospital. They didn't do nothing to me. I lose almost whole time working there for nothing. Because my daughter was sick, I spent one month in the hospital with her, needing somebody to help me. My rent was only $7. I was supposed to pay rent, babysitter, especially. They were charging me $1,500
3: to have her in the hospital.
17: You don't have to work in a sweatshop to be unsafe.
3: I was a bike messenger for about three years. During the course of those three years, I saw two people that I knew died and about seven others. And I think this is one of the most dangerous jobs that you can have in San Francisco. And we're out there, I was out there, and people are still out there risking their lives for a dollar for huge multinational corporations that can afford to pay more and should.
17: You don't have to work in a sweatshop to work fewer hours than you need to.
3: The key issue is one of labor's most important issues of the 90s, part-time versus full-time jobs.
2: I'm an air walker. I get three hours a day. I've been here five years, and I want
21: I think that there's an enormous myth about the jobs that are getting created in the new economy is somehow how they're more prestigious jobs, that they're jobs that somehow are are more office-based, and while we don't traditionally go to work today like we used to, we don't go to work in smokestack industries, the jobs today that we have nonetheless have many of the same health and safety risks, many of the same environmental concerns, and certainly the concerns about wages and benefits.
17: The global power of capital demands new tactics, as well as the transformation of some neglected ones. Today's unions are taking up these challenges to create a labor solidarity relevant to the 21st century. For example, the Justice for Janitors campaign of the Service Employees International Union brings back the direct action spirit of the CIO with mass mobilizations, sit-ins, and industry-wide organizing.
21: One of the things that was so important about the Justice for Janitors here in the Valley is that it was the very beginning effort of really bringing together people who write windows and people who wash windows to show that we have a growing common basis for unity. It shows that increasingly, independent of what occupation you work in, in the new economy, that your employment situation is not permanent, it is not secure, and it doesn't matter whether you operate at the high end of the labor market or at the low end.
2: I was the first African-American female to graduate from UC Berkeley with a master's degree in geophysics. I've been teaching at uh, a community college for going on five years without benefits, part time, unemployed over the summer. You know, with a part time position I was making a thousand bucks a month and it was just me and my daughter. So I had to live off credit cards. It makes you feel like you're stupid because everybody else tells you you're stupid to be hanging in there for this long period of time for a dream of having a permanent job.
17: In 1996, the AFL-CIO launches the first Union Summer. Reaching out to college campuses across the country, the Labor Federation recruits and trains students and places them with unions. Hundreds come to California to work with organizing campaigns.
21: Today we went into the fields to talk to workers and we went into the fields to look particularly at violations to see if there were any violations in the bathroom conditions, the water washing the hands. We found four on the field and then we realized going through our notes that there were two other violations, major ones being that the employer doesn't pay for gloves. When they wash their hands, presumably with a lot of pesticides on their hands, it's falling right down onto the ground and that goes right next to the strawberries. Um, as well as the fact that the drinking water was something the workers say they wouldn't drink—it's not pure enough.
17: Union summer activists help hotel workers in their creative efforts to gain a contract in Little Tokyo, Los Angeles. We did a delegation. We went on the regular
21: pickets and also a guerrilla theater project. Um, which we were able to sort of brainstorm, draft the skit, and um, ina- actually enact it towards the end. The skit was called A Mock Wedding for
9: Justice. I was placed uh, in Silicon Valley uh, with the Central Labor Council. I worked primarily with the American Ease of Race campaign. Essentially, uh, the idea behind it is that if if you're working full time, uh, you know, you should be able to support your family. Um, you should be able to buy your children clothes. Um, we worked on uh, increasing the minimum wage. That was the, the you know, primary aim, uh, raising it in California to 575 um, over a period of two years.
17: But the labor movement considers increasing the minimum wage to be just the beginning. In city after city, unions spearhead a campaign for a living wage.
9: At the first hearing, we heard testimony from low-wage workers and their allies, members of labor unions, community organizations, and the religious community, on the need for a living wage ordinance. At this hearing, we'll hear further testimony on the kind of living wage ordinance that meets the needs of San Francisco.
10: I make 6.50 an hour, which is 400 a month. And it's just I struggle daily uh, and monthly with whether my children get shoes, which one, I have three children. If the living wage ordinance changed, that would not only would it help my family and my children uh, not compete with each other for the necessities of life, but it a- would also help me stay in school um, and eventually further uh, my children's own lives.
12: Since 1982, I have been a bicycle and walking messenger here in the Bay Area. I'm also a member of the San Francisco Bike Messenger Association and honored to be a supporter of the International Longshore and Warehouse Union's efforts to organize the messenger industry. I work 50 hours a week. For that, I make about $500 a week, and that is the sole financial support for myself, my wife, and our baby girl.
1: I've been hangin'
7: round and foolin' round this whole so town, oh, this whole so town too long, this whole so town too long, I've been hangin' round and foolin' round this whole so town too long, well I feel
1: like i have down to
21: be the road. Ever since I started being a messenger, people have been talking about unionizing because We've been making less and less and less money over the last decade. It's gotten worse and worse and worse. It's gotten more dangerous. There's more traffic on the streets all the time.
8: Uh, The union will change my life because then I won't have to hear about my friends getting laid off and then having the companies who lay them off like
21: put ads in the paper for other employees. Most of the industry needs a union because um, they're being abused at one of the most dangerous jobs in the world and we don't make what we're worth. And we don't get respect, basically. We need respect.
20: I wish the windows in these office buildings would open so that these uh, corporate decision makers could hear the message that nobody could better deliver than all of you messengers. And you should be very proud of yourself and what you've done to show how much you care about each other and those people who came before and those people who will follow after. I bring greetings from 60,000 members of the ILWU on the whole West Coast and Hawaii and Canada. There are a million union
8: members in the Bay Area. There are two million union members in California. And on behalf of all of them, butchers and bakers and ironworkers and janitors, We're here to say that we don't think the messengers are getting a fair deal right now and you deserve a fair deal.
13: And we're here with a message of solidarity.
21: The emphasis on youth, the emphasis on being a broad-based movement for change, the emphasis on putting our resources into organizing, not just in protecting our institutional interests, all those things are really taking a page out of the history of the labor movement and reminding us that that is also important information for the future. Half a job is not enough! Half a job
20: is not enough! Half a job is not enough! Well, my strike is for my future, for my son and my family. That's why I'm here. I want a better job, a full-time job, something that he can look forward to.
17: During a century and a half, the diverse working people of California have struggled to rise above their differences, to come together in a common quest for dignity some battles have had to be fought time and again. The California legislature passed the first statewide law proclaiming eight hours as a standard workday in the 1860s. In the closing years of the 20th century, anti-union politicians took the eight hour day away.
3: We have to be prepared to mobilize politically all the time. We need a permanent living wage campaign and we need to be on guard against anti-union maneuvers like proposition 226. Thank goodness we beat 226, but when we began that campaign there was no guarantee whatsoever that we'd win.
17: 150 years show that the only guarantee of workers rights resides in the ability of workers themselves to defend and promote their collective interests. History also shows that when working people want social justice badly enough Their unions can be shaped into a tool to accomplish that task.
21: We have to fight, the living have to fight, to vindicate the dead. We need to change things. We have to stop this vicious cycle. And unionizing is one way we can do this, actually, take some control of our lives.
6: So that concludes our uh, history of the California labor movement. Red glasses, golden lands, working hands. On a low note, I guess. Here's a girl.
21: Any coverage of labor, labor history at all. All
6: Okay. Enough said. Uh, Hopefully, people will listen, watch. Get the DVD, what you heard was the audio track. It's available from cft.org. That's California Federation of Teachers.org. There's a whole series of of, uh, information about teaching labor to children, about the labor movement in general like this one, And uh, look under materials created by the Labor and the Schools Committee, and you'll see. So the lessons are clear. When we're together, when we're united, we have a good chance to win. When we're divided for whatever reason, we almost always lose. Or what's worse, some of us win and some of us lose. So it's not, it's not uh, a together thing. Uh, Anyway, so that unity is what we can use now. This law that the Supreme Court has just, the case that the Supreme Court just ruled on, makes, divides unions, divides workers at a plant between workers in the union and workers who are not and that's almost as important as the as taking away the, the agency shop the agency fee for representing the union has to represent you but you don't have to pay for
14: it Track.
6: Oh, we'll to a little bit more music. To We've like. got, uh, and 11.40. And, um, an strike. Food strike. Yeah occupied France working-class history on this day May 26 1944 a general strike broke out in Marseille Vichy France that's the France that was not that uh, was lightly occupied by the Germans with the help of the local French Je police.
14: Army. Cisana,
6: c'est ma femme. Metal c'est ma workers femme, puisque nous sommes mariés depuis Demonstrating in front but the was as the Marseille, as Marseille was Elle était très gentille auparavant. Je lui disais Cisana donne-moi de l'eau.
14: El de De hein? Très On this day in
6: 1901, a revolutionary anarchist communist union, Federacion de Argentina, was founded in Argentina in a congress of 27 years.
14: Je lui disais, Susanna fait ceci, et elle faisait, fait cela, et elle obéissait. Et moi, j'étais content, je regardais tout ça avec bonheur. Ah, je te dis que Susanna. Cizana était une très bonne épouse auparavant.
6: Seulement, depuis quelques jours, les gens-là, ils ont apporté ici la condition féminine.
14: Il paraît que chez eux, ils ont installé une femme dans un bureau pour qu'elle donne des ordres aux hommes. Aïe, tu m'entends des choses pareilles Et depuis, toutes les femmes de notre pays parlent de la condition féminine. Maintenant, je dis à Susanna, donne-moi de seulement que la condition féminine, euh, il faut que j'aille chercher l'eau moi-même.
6: Was progressive rather than destructive. Oscar Wilde was imprisoned for two years' hard labor for his homosexuality. On this day, 25th of May, 1779, a crowd of men with clubs visited shopkeepers in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and forced them to lower their prices. On more than 30 occasions between 1776 and 1779, American men and women gathered in crowds to confront hoarding merchants, hoarding merchants, intimidate unreasonable shopkeepers, and seize scarce commodities ranging from sugar to tea to bread. A good-sized minority of the crowds we know about consisted largely of women and several others may have included men and women alike. Each crowd voiced specific local grievances, but it is clear that their participants sometimes knew of actions elsewhere and viewed each episode as part of a wider drama. Food riots. Here in the United States, huh? Okay. So... One more perhaps, on this day, May 24th in 1968 in France, the May uprising peaked. 10 million workers were on strike with many occupying their factories and the government was discussing calling out the army amid widespread clashes with police. this day may 23rd kingston jamaica was brought to a halt by a general strike in the wake of a police massacre of striking collective construction workers many strikers were demanding pay increases and all major stores in the city were forced to close by demonstrating
8: workers
6: Okay, so everywhere you are, no matter what you're doing, where you are, when you're thinking about, there were working people. Just because they're not included in most histories doesn't mean they weren't there. They were there. They were making society work. They were making things happen. All that stuff, all those buildings were built by somebody. Your house was built by somebody everything around you in the man-made
14: world was built by somebody
6: okay i
14: want to play
6: our theme today we're all about peace
14: by the great willie dixon it's not
5: about even
14: I'm like this solo no when I do lawey and
6: Okay, this is the B. signing off. It's uh, 1146. Come on down and get involved in Carnival. Come, come on down and see the beauty of the dance in all its manifestations. Come on down to celebrate peace. Come on down to celebrate labor history in california this is the bee reminding you that when one person gets a dollar they didn't work for someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get if you don't have a seat at the table the negotiating table that is you're probably on the menu And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you.
14: J'ai constaté que tu ne me dis plus tous les mots que tu avais l'habitude de me dire autrefois hein, lorsque tu voulais que je t'épouse. À ce moment-là, tu m'aimais, n'est-ce pas Et tu me disais que j'étais le plus grand de tous les pygmées, que les autres n'étaient rien à côté de moi. Tu t'en souviens Et moi, je me suis laissé faire. J'étais J'étais épousé sans même regarder derrière. Et maintenant, je suis triste. Parce que tu ne me dis plus tes flatteries de bonne femmes d'autrefois. Dis donc, mais pourquoi tu me rends triste comme ça? Hein? Dis-moi un peu. pour que je commence à te prier et pour que je commence à créer la tristesse dans toute la forêt et pour que tous les autres pygmées commencent à se moquer de moi Ils vont se mettre à parcourir tous les sentiers En riant aux éclats Comme des marmites de viande d'éléphants en train de bouillir
13: And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis.
19: Hey people, this is the Flat Black Plastic Show on FM. during the weekend of carnival. Come down, relax, have some fun, and do the same while you listen to this.